On December 31st, 2017, I created the uh, Facebook messenger group called Great Sex and added the Great Ones and Loverboy Nate Andrews to the group text. Uh, because we had, I'd just gone to, up to Bob Murphy earlier that month uh, prior to filming the promo that basically would be the first of many prophetic uh, promos where I would just kind of let the fans know what was about to happen. But I'd gone to Bob Murphy and for the last year I'd worked for all-Star, you know, more or less had made a return to Texas All-Star Wrestling in early 2017 for Best of the Best 2017, took on Zenzen, which was a bucket list item, taking him on one-on-one, -on -one. and, you know, there's a lot of truth to the promo that I had shot, but prior to that, I had spoken to Bob now. Me, Nate, and the Great Ones were pretty friendly. I was actually really big fans of theirs. Uh, the Great Ones had morphed from, in essence, the starter mask character tag team uh, gimmick that they were given because they were students, and being put under a mask usually helps protect you, get lets you get reps without, you know, once you're going to become a your own character, um, they don't see the pitfalls. Maybe you know it's the learning the learning curve and whatnot. Um, but they had morphed that character or those characters to into the great ones and they were you know basically walking out Nate Andrews lover boy Nate, Nate Andrews and he would come out to Billy Ocean's uh want to be a lover um that's so great he would have his little dance and a boa and I was just really entertained and then you know I've always told people if you can get the crowd in, with an entrance you're ahead of a lot of people because a lot of people don't think about that. And you find the ones that do. It's just that added piece. And it sometimes can make or break you. Um, but I like those guys. You know, backstage we'd always have a good time. And it always made me feel good. And the truth was that I was, you know, kind of doing this temporary return. But around my birthday of that year, I was like, man, what am I doing? How much longer am I going to do this? Um, I'm not really a strong baby face at this point. You know, I'm, I'm strong enough, but I'm not. I mean, I just, you know, early, early that year, I'd just beaten Zen Zen. I was considered the greatest uh, in TASW. You know, we fought in this match for who to determine was going to be the greatest ever within TASW and so best of best 2017 and for the rest of that year, you know, I was just kind of like this baby face and I'd have good, you know, certain matches, Danny Ramones, another one, you know, off my bucket list, Alex Ray, another one off my bucket list. Um, you know, like Aiden Cristiano, another one like that I had faced a few times and we had worked together on numerous projects, including reality wrestling. Um, so I was doing okay, but at the same time, it was just, I felt like, man, I'm kind of floundering and I'm looking at this group and Nate Andrews, or little boy Nate Andrews and the great ones. And I'm, 
Like, man, they just kind of need a main event guy to help elevate them. And I'm like, man, um, hmm. But, you know, I, I, I never really got into Bob with, like, pitches. I rarely did that. You know, I always felt like, if it's your vision, it's your vision. I don't really want to step on your toes. I'm here to facilitate what your vision is. But again, in my November of 2017, around my birthday, not only was I at kind of a, a real low point, um, mental health-wise, but... I was floundering. Talked to an old friend and it kind of helped me shift my perspective. And I started to think of more how to solve what ailed me and what, what I saw ailed the industry or where I was working. And, you know, I proceeded to kind of have this new outlook on things. And I wanted to be more solution-based than problem-based. But I also thought, well, you know, come April, I'll probably stop as an active performer and I'll probably shift to just trying to be a producer and coach at reality wrestling. Uh, maybe then I'll get paid. Uh, that's a story for another time. Um, I'm sure I will cover that topic in depth at some point, but that's not today. Today is all about great sexy love and, or at the time, great sex. So I pitched this idea to, to, to Bob about a stable, after seeing these guys, kind of a like, kind of a Hail Mary. I, I assumed Bob would be down because I, you know, I, when I would talk to the great ones and, and Nate, all I know is um, they were into it. And we had talked probably as far back as those initial moments of saying we're going to be a group. I don't even think they believed that it was possible. Um, I think they believed that Bob was going to make them do what they were doing. And he was, there, there was no way we're, our paths were going to cross. But, um, yeah, I, I was like, man, I really want to do this. And Bob was seemingly down, you know, I, I think it may be a little apprehensive because, well, you are one of my top baby faces, even though I feel like it, um, you know, this is, this is me who at that company had done, you know, being called the greatest is the least, you know, I'd won the title and held it for a long time and had faced the variables who, who throughout, but still, yeah, I didn't feel like a strong presence on the show. And that might've been another reason I was considering like walking away in April, 2018. I knew I was going to talk to Booker and again, try to go that route. But hey, if I'm going to do that, why not go for broke? Why not help these guys give them, you know, kind of that rub of a main event guy, you know, presence within that locker room. Maybe I can show, you know, the great ones that relatively knew the ropes. And I, you know, I saw a lot of potential there. Um, I saw what could potentially be a pretty good group. And Bob was down, you know, at the end of the day, he was down. And so... Right after getting that news, I kind of shifted immediately. It was, you know, that first promo was definitely a, um, definitely a, 
I wanted people to know it was, it was different, that I was going to be morphing from sexy Steve DeMarco to the legend of Steve DeMarco, that I was, um, that I was going to do something that was going to shock them because I rarely was in stables, you know, at least very rarely was I in stables. Um, here and there I, I join stables, but they would be very short lived and, um, or, you know, to people's knowledge, I wasn't part of anything. So to be in a stable and potentially the lead of a stable was, um, you know, the, it, it really interested me, but unbeknownst to a lot of people, I was really considering April, it being my last time I was going to hopefully kind of with this group at the time, Byron Wilcott was the champion and he was <clears throat> on this pretty historic run himself. You know, the number I think of days, uh, the longest reigning champion at the time for TASW was, uh, Zen Zen with 730 days, I believe, you know, it's like two whole years. I was like 548 or 584. The, the, the exact number escapes me, but Byron was on probably like day 700. And <clears throat> when we got to the rumble, he'd be pretty close. So if he beat me, which I thought it made logical sense, he and I kind of matching up simply because, um, him being a top baby face, I could be a top heel. And it made sense because I was the second longest reign. If it wasn't going to be Zen Zen, it should be me that's going to try to put it into it. And so again, I would would love to have a stable if for no other reason than than the numbers. Um, and great sex sounded like a pretty good name, you know. I wanted it to be a, an adult group. I wanted it to be edgy. I had this idea that um, we would make shirts with just the words "great sex" and um, in Star Wars font. I still think that shirt would would have sold like hotcakes. I think people would have gotten just for whatever. And we always had these great sex puns and people chanting it. And I think in our own minds, we were like, man, if we could do a web series and it's called great, so like it's, it all kind of like writes itself. Um, but I think before we could, you know, before we debuted it, um, that January, Bob, at best of the best 2018, and I'm gonna face Zimzin again. He came in, I think, in October and November, and I was facing Alex Reigns, and he came in and caused me the match and put me down. And so, this was that promo. So I felt justified, but um, leading into the actual debut of the group, I um. You know, Bob and I had a conversation and he thought about it and he didn't like the great sex name simply because kids. He's like, I have kids in here. You know, if you're chanting great sex or they do or we want great sex or whatever, you know, like you had to think it through and I hadn't thought it through in that respect. And yet, um, I was like, all right, well then he's like, maybe like something like great sexy love or you know, something. I mean like something with all y'all. 
I want to say he helped come up with that. At least like their love sexy gray or something something. You know, and there was some like written to it. I was like, oh man, great sexy love. Like I'm in the middle. And they're, you know. So I'm not leading the charge necessarily. It's great ones, you know, and I'm not the main focal point is gonna be Nate because he's you know, he's probably gonna have to do a lot of heavy lifting because I'm not and once I leave and you know, at at the rumble, then that's it. Like I felt like I'd be kind of a a good challenger, but Byron's gonna Byron's gonna win it, um, and then I'll just sail off into the sunset, like the April show probably would have been the aftermath and the fallout, and maybe that's when the group disbanded. Um, so we changed the name, and it's like GSL. That kind of works. That can that can be chanted GSL GSL. Like it had a ring to it. And encompassed all our names, you know, I think one of the problems with the great sex name, aside from the fact that it's not kid, you know, it's not uh, for everyone, you know, it's not family friendly. But it also fell to include Nate Andrews, you know, the lover boy, like we needed some reference to him. And we, we hadn't done that with the original name. And while it was a shame, you know, and I guess initially we, I, I would, I'd say all of us agree that, you know, GSL or Great Sex and Love was the right call. Um, the moment we formed in front of the crowd, which is, yeah, I think, you know, we, we form and then uh, I let it be known that I'm going after Byron because he's the champ. And again, I'm still thinking, ah. But the moment I kind of heard the reaction from the crowd and felt the energy and felt like all of us kind of just being giddy over the fact that we were able to do this and having fun with it, I was like, well, man, nah, you know, it's too too soon to, to tell. Like, I've been having these talks, um, but I don't know, maybe. And then, um, yeah, man, we proceeded to kind of hit the ground running. You know, the one, and the one aspect that we didn't was uh, with the web content. I think we relied early on just trying to get our own footing on TASW because that's really where we were all working with each other. And I wasn't really working a whole lot of places outside of them. Um, I didn't really have any desire to like really branch out. I really wanted to focus on, and I, I was in many ways winding down, but I started to have this feeling like, man, we could, oof, we could do something at least here. You know, we can definitely be a, a strong, you know, heel contingent. So I'm going to go like blow by blow with this. Uh, you know, I'll cover mostly the, the highlights of it. Um, but I will be, in essence, you know, it's kind of a guide for me. I had created this GSL playlist on my YouTube channel. And I went through. <laughs> At one point, I only had maybe 40 that I, you know, that we had done or that I knew of. Um, I think currently there's 92 videos in that playlist. So obviously I can't talk about each one. And the truth is that it doesn't co doesn't have everything. 
there are matches, and so on and so forth. But, you know, those initial, you know, that initial time and then February, like, the energy when I faced Byron and, um, kind of, I think the one drawback in the February show was getting a concussion. And that's a side note, you know, I'm going to go down that little path. Um, Byron and I had, had tricky chemistry in the ring. We, we, we could do pretty well because I'm pretty adaptable and he's, he's a pro, but there is some stuff he did that, you know, our timing wasn't always, always there on both our parts, you know, not, not just his, not just mine. I mean, we, we were equally, but uh, at the same time, from a character standpoint, we could really tell a good story and he really had that crowd behind him and that was paramount. Um, but on that particular night when we faced each other, I, he had done in essence, like a rolling senton onto me. Um, one of his, one of his, um, series of moves and when he did the front roll he kind of rolled on my face and I didn't really turn uh quickly enough and it, it like he's a big guy you know and they all you know kind of crunched my skull and I knew I was concussed and yet still had to cut a promo and still had to um go on with the match because you know we're early in this inception and I I know you know, if I if I can I can sway them that I'll be facing Byron at the Rumbles. I wanted it to go well, and I think for the most part it did. But yeah, I got concussed, and it did. You know, it may have soured me for a moment working with Byron, but accidents happen. It's just one of those things. Like in the moment, I'm like, man, you know, that nothing could be worse. And, and the truth is that that concussion lasted for a few for for a couple of months. Um, and I went through all kinds of stuff with it, you know. Uh, scary part was like uh, driving home and getting lost because I, even though I was going the right way and the way I needed, I thought I was lost. I had to pull off to the side of the road. That's how bad it got. And you know, I had plenty of sleepless nights, and it was, you know, it was it was rough. But once it started to clear, my head cleared a, a bit. And truthfully, you know, it wasn't bad enough where I, yeah, I wasn't experience dizziness or uh, any kind of vertigo or anything like that so it was like man the show must go on um you know I think my plan throughout it was just to become as hot of an act as humanly possible as quickly as possible and and explain to the group like we had no time to waste you know, everything we did had to be impactful because we were going to carry the the bulk of the show. If you have a tag team um, and two singles competitors, you know, that's potentially, you know, five matches. You know, it, you could do easily each one of us in a singles or, you know, singles that turns to a tag that turns to a six man that turns to an eight man that turns to this big schwaz band or whatever, you know, and ultimately I'd always thought also that the main focal point of us from, from being the antagonist was to be a great enough antagonist to really 
really press uh, whoever was against us, whether it was the company itself or whatever town. In this case, it was Byron. He was the champ. So the, the strength in numbers, but I also looked at it like, well, we can get a lot of people over. We can get a whole company over just by being this group that is executing well and has the mentality of the show comes before anything or any one individual. You know, it was all about the show. It was all about um, getting it over, being grateful for the the opportunities that we were having and, and the opportunity to, to be a focal point within the company and to be thrust and kind of into that spot. I think what I noticed, you know, initially with us, with promo work was, um, you know, it took, it took a little bit, not too long. I think once we found our footing, I think we all had a great rapport and chemistry with one another. So we get pounds off of each other. So a lot of times, you know, there was a, a loose plan of like what was going to be said. You know, a lot of times I don't know. You know, it's just like, well, how does Steve DeMarco feel at that current moment? Um, so, but I could tell early on our promos. And again, I wanted to, you know, if this was going to be the end for me, if this was going to be the last run, I wanted it to be as impactful as possible. And I thought we achieved that pretty, pretty quickly because obviously I got thrust into from kind of not sure to, okay, now I'm going to face Byron at Humble Rumble 25. Humble Rumble 24, I'd actually um, proclamated, I think, that I was going to come back and main event it and win it. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's so crazy to think that you can kind of will it, so to speak, that I'm going to will it by talking about it and like putting it front and center and having this group and I'm having fun with these guys. You know, we still hadn't started a web series. We would not start a web series till much later, but, uh, and I'll get into that a little bit. So I'm going to rumble 25. I'm... <clears throat> Going against Byron, we had also started to kind of implement other people. Roscoe, uh, who's the Cruiserweight champion, um, was in the fold. And we were, you know, we were finding other people to kind of be the the, the force against us, so to speak. Um, and I wanted to throw a wrench. I wanted Denzen in there. And I think partly why I wanted to turn heel what I did was in part because I always wanted Zenzen, as long as he was there, to to be the the conquering hero that he was, in my eyes, especially with that company. Um, regardless of his tactics, it was always my impression that he was a true hero to those people within TASW, so I wanted to definitely make sure that he was seen that way going into this and and byron was the you know incumbent champion and so he you know he was covered i was going to be obviously the antagonist for the whole thing and that's what i wanted plus i had uh, gsl and i made no bones that we were 
going to break every rule and we were going to run roughshod over everything. I think we had to. We had to be that force that disrupted things. And we did. You know, here I am in the in the main event of that 25th edition of Rumble Rumble, which was a big deal. You know, I've been in Rumble Rumble, I think, 9 and 10 and main event in here and there and had some great moments. Won a title there, defended a title there, you know, caused championships to be won or lost. Like, you know, I have a lot of history with, with that company, so... Um, the fact that I was in Humble Rumble 25 and how everything kind of played out, uh, definitely a career highlight for me. Um, to not only beat Byron, right, and to not only get Zenzen into that position as well, I felt he rightfully deserved it. That show that special, it was like, well, you know, kind of a generational thing, so to speak, too. You know, kind of the the past, uh, the, you know, the two past champions and the current and this this record on the line. And, you know, I'd always said I wanted Zenzen to be the, you know, if I had gotten to that point, that Zenzen would be the guy to try to take me out right before, you know, like I'm on day 729 and here he comes. You know, or I'm on day 730, so we tie, right? <clears throat> but that never happened, so... The fact that we got to do this on Rumble 25. But I think really amongst all of that, right? Celebration and then I want to make history by defending the title. Being that guy to do both and be successful. And out comes Australia Galactica. I think like Jason Sullivan, I think was the bait and switch, I want to say. Um... And it was a strand. Now, for the purposes of this, I'm going to have to be as transparent as possible that I can possibly be. That doesn't mean that I'm going to expose a whole lot, but I'm going to expose my portion. Um, Estrella wasn't wasn't aware he was going to win. Uh, in his mind, and how it had been dictated, I was going to going to win it. We were going to get into this spot. He was going to look like he was going to win because he was going to be the next guy. But the truth was that that was not going to be the case. I was such a big fan of the Stray Galactica, the, the character, the presentation, all of the aesthetics, and the person you know within the outfit I have immense respect for. And I've known him for a long time. But... I felt like he should be the face of the company. Shouldn't be anybody else. Shouldn't be me. You know, I, I'm I'm going to be the antagonist, and I'm totally fine with that because I feel justified in it. I'm this history-making legendary, the greatest um, legend, and now I have this group. I mean, I'm fine. I don't necessarily need the title to dictate that. Plus, I've made history. You know, one way or the other, I've I've made history more than once within that that night so I was tickled to do the honors so quickly I you know I'd always said I'd never wanted to I never wanted to beat the straight galactico cleanly like he was he's gonna always be the guy that takes me out if I'm Ric Flair he's staying you know like that if um 
he's the great hero to my villain. And I'm going to be this villain. I knew that I'm going to be a villain and I'm going to be kind of like the Thanos, you know, of Texas also wrestling. I was really big into, you know, Infinity War and the Marvel Universe and comics in general and like, you know, those kind of world beating, world conquering villains. And it's like, you have to have kind of that mentality. You have to have an army, this, that, the other. And so I felt even though at the end of the day, my, you know, I felt the momentum, you know, because I think I, I think in fact I won the Rumble that, that year, which was the first, um, I believe. I'll have to look into that. That's the, that's the hard part. It's like, oh, I really need to look into some of that history. It's going to be fun to look back at some point. But on with this. So, <clears throat> that kind of kind of goes to winning the Cruiserweight, or what I would deem the Sexyweight Championship. So, this is a lesson in beware of what you say in a promo, because it can come back to bite you. Roscoe was the Cruiserweight Champion. He was feuding with Nate Andrews, I believe, at the time. Because Nate's the, I guess, for all intents and purposes, was considered the Cruiserweight guy of the group. But the truth is that I always felt like if we were going to be truly um, powerful group, a group to be reckoned with, everyone had to be equal within the group. There, there shouldn't be a leader necessarily. You know, within reason there's a leader. Someone's got to obviously make decisions. And maybe behind the scenes that might be the case. But the truth is that I wanted it to be truly collaborative. Um, I may know what I want to say or like, I want to approach things, but truth is, you know, sometimes I have a problem with execution and it helps having more than one person, you know, because you have more to kind of lean on and rely on, but also to help hold each other accountable. Um, so I never wanted to look at it as like, well, I'm the main event guy, maybe coming into it, but ultimately I wanted all of us to be main eventers, every member of GSL, because um, that way the entire group's just... Super powerful. But anyway, Roscoe in his promo knew he was facing me and kind of put it out there that he would put his title on the line. And I was like, I heard this and I went to Bob and I was like, he's going to defend it? And Bob's like, what? I was like, well, he said, you know, I can get down to 225 because, you know, I just do keto. <laughs> you know, I probably can do it at some time. And I did. I think I got down to 223. Um, yeah, and 225 was kind of the, the limit. Um, but I legit had lost, you know, maybe 10 or 15 pounds to get to there. And um, so I was kind of like, yeah, I'll do it. I was kind of assumed that it would be a quick thing. Like if I wanted, it was quickly going back to him. But um, that was not the case. But that also elevated Roscoe because now he's facing me, you know, and at the same time, you know, Nate <clears throat> can kind of feud with, with Estrella because that's where they were. Uh, and now they're feuding for the main belt. Um, and the great ones, you know, it'd just be a matter of time before we get the pump patrol in there. But the idea was, man, I want us all to hold gold. Wouldn't that be something at All-Star? We could do that as a stable. That's really a... That's, that's saying something, you know, from a company standpoint, that's saying something from just us in general, like rewarding us for 
for stuff. And the fact that, well, now I'm in a completely different division, but I'm able to be looked upon as a main, you know, main guy also elevates the title, so to speak. And again, I have GSL and what have you. Um, so I, I will say this, um, the group is only as good as the people that are kind of our roadblocks or obstacles in this respect, you know, in this instance, not only was it talent like Byron Wilcott and Australia Galactica and um, Roscoe and anyone who would come in and, and be, be our opponents. But it was also, you know, staff within it, um, from Thomas Barnes, the ref who I'd known for a while and, um, you know, thought he would always get a kick out of being kind of picked on by us or by me. Cause that was, you know, in some ways it, it was, it kind of played into our real life uh, thing, you know, where he had seen me as kind of this big deal and now he's getting to work alongside me and here's me going like, hey man, you're part of the club. Same thing with Edson. Um, the thing I liked about Edson was that he would, um, you know, he was solid with, the, with being an interviewer. He was very respectful, but he also... You know, posting stories and then combining it to to turn it into a video. Like I wish I had had the presence of mind of doing that. Like that's something we should have been doing, but he was doing that, and it helped because it was a platform for us. And so I, plus I love the fact that he played it off like he didn't like us. You know, like we, you know, he was crushed that his hero wasn't. You know, Steve DeMarco wasn't being very heroic, even though I'm like. I'm trying to save it by elevating everybody. Uh, don't you see what I'm doing? Um, but I remember the night of May 19th, not only winning the Cruiserweight title, again, such a surprise. You know, I thought, oh, it's going to be like a DQ or whatever, and the group's going to come in. Um, and they're like, no, you're winning. And I was like, what? All right. <laughs> um, was that... Edson had arranged for Mike the Truth Jackson, who was going to be facing CM Punk in Chicago um, a little over a month later. It happened to be he invited him to the show and he was like, he loved wrestling, so he was on board to come. And at this point, we're, we're a hot act. Um, I'm going to win gold. And so Edson was like, what you want to do? Maybe some a segment with him. I mean, we're we're gonna do something. Hype the fact that he's he's fighting punk and you know, would you want to come out? I was like, yeah. Uh, would you want to come out to cold personality? Fuck yeah. Can I do punk shit? I'll do it. You know, I mean, uh, punk might be a contemporary, but fuck, cult of personality is an iconic song, and um, I'm a fan of punk. So, um, and the fact that I got to trade you know kind of verbal jabs with with a guy that was going to be in a UFC pay-per-view and he was on board with whatever um you know mine's getting hurt obviously you know because he's training and whatnot 
He also is really good at stories, as Instagram stories. Um, like, real, uh, real strategic with it. But, like, naturally strategic. Uh, he seemed to have been doing it a while. Um, but, yeah, that May show, that was, you know, I'm thinking back to that promo back in uh, December 2017, and I just found out that Great Sexy Love could actually be formed, and we're getting the screen light, and I'm now going to become the legend of Steve DeMarco. Um, to think that at that time, when I was doing that promo, I'm, I'm done. Done in April. But because of these guys, and how much fun I was having. I didn't want it then. It was truly magical every time. But winning a, you know, winning a belt and then it becoming something, but you know, Umble Rumble 25, the way we, that all came to be and um, how it was executed. And then getting to do this segment with um, Mike the True Jackson, you know, still like a highlight to come out to Cult of Personality and like with the belt and, you know, we're back and forth and the, and the crowd is you know, into it, even though, you know, we're following this, you know, this pattern, you know, we've, we've kind of shifted our focus and, um, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, we were starting to kind of find our groove. Um, we're still working on where we were going. Um, and, you know, for the most part, that's how 2018 was. You know, like, I had to establish that. Estrella was, had my number that, um, that I was still capable. You know, now my, my mindset shifted. Now it's like, okay, uh, we need to win all the gold. We need to be the, the focal point of this company moreover than we currently are. Because that will show to other promotions that we're, you know, and plus we can hit our, if we hit our stride, we can take this act elsewhere and the sky's the limit. You know, the other thing I think about 2018, um, kind of the latter part of 2018 and going into 2019 was um, our merch approach. I've always been kind of apprehensive to put myself on a shirt as far as like my likeness. Um, I'll do animated stuff, you know, like the DeMarco's My Homeboy t-shirt, uh, you know, but that's an animated image of me. That's not a photo of me. Uh, for us to do a family portrait, and that, I think, was our first shirt, was, you know, I'd been starting to put out shirts, and in mid, you know, like the summer of 2018, when we're really starting to gain some traction, um, I lose my job for something rather ironic. You know, like, uh, I think the statute of limitations is, is gone, you know, like, what are they going to do? I basically got let go because I was filming videos on property, I think. Um, I think they wanted to say I was doing it during office hours, but it's like, nah, I probably did it during my lunch break or after hours I would do it. Um, and I edited videos for work, so if I had a little time, I would do my own stuff. 
But again, I could take breaks here and there, you know, from doing the job. Um, and I had ironically stopped recording videos altogether and stopped doing stuff on YouTube for a while, at least for my own self, and yet got let go for that. That I actually was, had gone through a breakup right around the same time. Um, but wrestling was doing really well for me. You know, the rest of 2018 was, was solid, and now we're doing merch, and it's it's crazy to think that, you know, one, one of my favorite shirts is that family portrait, you know, that just um, so great, so great. Um, the funny thing is, I think once... Um, once I no longer had that, that employment, I did start to invest more in the wrestling portion of my life. It was real hard when I was working a steady job to actually put money in it because I just didn't have it all the time. But all of a sudden I had the ability and the want to, to like get new, new stuff and kind of, you know, evolve myself and find the next chapter. What was the legend of Steve DeMarco? What did, how did that go about? Um, when we got to best of the best 29 or 2019, you know, we're one year in and we went from a company that, I mean, from a stable that, uh, you know, we're not real sure. And we weren't real sure early on to being like celebrated, like the, you know, Bob and them, they set up a nice little celebration spot for us and got us balloons and stuff and it was really you know to be able to to have that um oof, just so great you know um and uh, you know i i did start to travel more in 2019 the early on i started to get approached about doing other shows and i was open to it i was open to the idea of like being on other shows and um, also wanting to potentially get the group out there. You know, I thought, man, we could really take this act and we can make something of it. You know, we could build our own brand. But again, we weren't really, we still had been doing our own stuff. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't think we really were doing our own stuff. Maybe the latter part of 2019, but um, we just didn't have an extra person to to help us with. I think that's what we needed. I knew I was an idea guy, but like the executing it at times could be problematic. Um, the 2019 also saw kind of us want to slightly expand for one reason or another. And that's where, you know, adding members yeah. you know I, I started travel like I said and Heroes of Wrestling was a place that I went to and I had known adorable Anthony I'd seen him when he was champ at TASW but he couldn't do TASW stuff for some reason but I liked him and he was Nate's cousin and um he was real enthusiastic about the group in general, just really a fan of it. And for me, that was somewhat paramount. If you were like on board with the idea then and wanted to be part of the group, like I was kind of, I was open to it. 
I thought he would add a. I thought he added a certain, certain thing to him. Plus, he was like family, you know, with with those guys. Um, he's always been cool with me, and I've always been uh, respectful of him, and he's always been respectful of me, and we've always had, you know, good exchanges. And he was he was such an enthusiastic member that it just made me even more enthusiastic. Uh, at All-Star, that was obviously going to be the case. I think, you know, and realistically, very few people wanted to use the group. No matter how I would try to pitch it, no one else was so on board. Like, they'd have to see it. And so, you know, again, it's like, man, we need to start putting out content or finding, finding our own niche so that people know that we are a group to to be taken seriously. I also remember in 2019, or that best of the best 2019, me really wanting to put it in everyone's head, the idea of us having all the gold. Um, I've been in stables that have done that before, but the you know at All-Star, that was a rarity, so... Um, I definitely, you know, I remember specifically us winning, um, wait, I remember us having all the gold, um, us attacking Jared Wayne, taking the gold from him, the tag gold, filming, taking a picture with us holding the gold, and then uh, me losing the Cruiserweight title, like, shortly thereafter, um, and a great piece of storytelling, like, you know, Roscoe had gone through a lot to get to get back that spot and the fact that we had baby faces helping him out and you know GSL's this true thorn at everyone's side you know and um but it was great it was a great moment you know but again having the ability to kind of put that picture truly put that picture out there was was essential to us um so back to adorable like I, you know, he was a wrestling, he was, he was there for me. And so it was like, well, if we venture out and he goes to, you know, he's at RCW, potentially that could mean maybe that's an end, but I never wanted to utilize that unless there was that possibility. If there wasn't a possibility, I wasn't going to press it. You know, I wasn't going to like reach out, um, necessarily, you know, but I thought, man, we need to expand. Um, I want to say the great ones were working with great Scott, and I'd known Scott for a while since his ACW days, and he came to reality wrestling for a bit, and, you know, so coaching him and helping him, um, and he was so technically proficient that I felt it was a no-brainer, you know, plus the name, great Scott, and he was working with the great ones at Heavy Metal, and I was like, oh, that's an end for Heavy Metal, and I liked what Heavy Metal was doing, and Heavy Metal Wrestling, and um, the buzz they were creating, I thought, man, it'd be just, you know, I don't mind going over there and being part of an ensemble, you know, and <clears throat> let's see how, how it works with someone else being, you know, kind of in the forefront. Um, and that way I can just be, you know, part-time wrestler. I don't have to be full-time. Plus you didn't really want to press the group on the people because, it was an unknown quantity for some and they just had to see the group. And then once I think they saw the group and saw all of us in action, our chemistry, I think 
they would get it. But it wasn't until they saw it. But it felt around the summer that we had started to find our stride. Um, and so us being seen by other companies was essential and people were doing their work. So that kind of helped expand the group some. And we started to want to travel like we went to Colorado, a, a lot of us. And it was around that time that Punk and Morgan had came back into wrestling. I had known Pumpkin from reality wrestling. I started doing character development classes or promo nights. Um, remembering, remember having a very tense uh, interaction with her as far as like promo work um, and just having the ability to talk about herself. You know, I know that could be tough for people, but I'm also like, you know, if you can't talk about yourself, it's going to be real hard. You can figure out a character that you want to be willing to talk about. Something. You know? um, but I always admired just her presence and how she was as, you know, her enthusiasm with with wrestling and her desire to, to want, want it to work. And... Then she had taken some time off, and now I find out that she's back. And I thought, man, if we were to have a female member, I think she's the embodiment of it. I think that rough around the edges kind of, I think that that would work. And much like with all the other members, it was, we all discussed it, but I was pretty animate about the people that were going to be part of it. And for sure, I wanted her to be a part of it. Um, she was a lifesaver. You know, that trip to Colorado, like, we drove that and knew we were going to do the camp. Um, that was going to be, a, I, I want to say it was going to be a whole weekend, but it was like Thursday and Friday. And then we had a double shot for TASW at Traders Village. Um, yeah, at Traders Village. And, um, you know, that weekend. So, uh, going to the camp, you know, I got the invite and then I said, well, I've got this group and, um, they were so gracious to say, cool, they can be part of the seminar and, you know, we'll, we'll find a place for them. Um, you know, but, um. Oh, man, before I forget, like, Nate Andrews had won the title uh, um, in his hometown at a show. <laughs> you know, we were all at that show, but we couldn't be GSL at the show, even though it was a TASW show, because he's a baby face and we're heels. Um, so we couldn't be a complete unit, but he ended up winning the title that night. And so when he comes back, you know, when we come back to Cyprus for the next TASW show... We're both champions, and that was a highlight also, best of the best 2019. Um, yeah, I mean, for all of us to have the gold, or at least have a picture of it early on. Um, you know, but again, I lose the cruiser, and then I would transition to Estrella before Humble Rumble 26. Um... But before that, yeah, we had this thing in Colorado, and it was a super camp, and um, I went from kind of being a student to becoming a coach, 
it was real crazy, you know, like Alex Reigns, I know him as Alex Reigns, I think it's Austin Riddick, he wrestles as, but he was the, I think the booker at the time in Rocky Mountain Pro, and I really liked what they were doing, much like heavy metal wrestling. I liked the fact that they worked with what they had and, and were will, willing to put out product and content, and they were doing a pretty consistent job of it and having fun with it, you know, and I really liked Rocky Mountain's whole presentation, having only been there that one time. Um, but the camp was crazy, you know, like they got word and then the, the main owner, you know, Alex had, had been so gracious to say some kind of words about me. So most of it, I was like one of the promo guys, one of the character development guys. I worked with Tim Hughes and I got to work with, um, got to have a real good conversation with Bob Evans when I got to work with a lot of the talent. Um... And I took part in some of it, you know, Chris Silvio and a few others, and it was just great. It's such a wealth of knowledge, such a great, you know, couple of days. Um, but again, there was a part of me that knew that I had the other stuff and um, that I needed to be at All-Star for for the two-shot because I think Grand, the Grand Prairie stuff was, was a new endeavor for them. So it was a pretty big deal. They needed GSL there. Um, so I remember back like Friday night telling them that, you know, they wanted me to work a tag. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to work like eight times in two days. I don't know how my body's going to be able to take it. So I just kind of graciously bowed out. But it still was a very worthwhile time. Now, the drive back was nothing to laugh about. You know, I think I was posting cons constantly on the way back because I was fearful of our of my life because we were driving in a blizzard. But pumpkin, you know, lifesaver that she is, um, really, you know, got us got us where we needed to go, and um, I wanted her in the group. And there was some pushback, you know, they definitely at All-Star had probably plans for her, but I saw her as an integral part of the group. I felt she had talent. You know, I, I want to say that I, within the group, I always saw the best versions of them, like what they would be at their apex and can I get them there? And she was one that I felt with us kind of propping her up. She could have been the... Um, she could have been a real, you know, focal point of, of the group. Um, but I felt like that with, with everybody, you know, everyone, great Scott, Dorval Anthony, Nate, great ones. Um, so... And this whole time, you know, Yule, or Remedy, he's around. But he's not, you know, he's always been my friend. We've always been very close. He was a big fan. You know, I'm adding, you know, more people to, to this, to this, you know, to this messenger group. Um, but I really wanted him to be a part of it. And um, he was going to go back to ACW. And I was like, oh, that's an end for us. You know, that's a, that's a real in if we can get in there. It'd be great to work with Darren. And now having this group, I think he would, he would love it. Plus, I think it'd be the only place where I could do, have all eight members. 
as part of GSL. Um, so we kept kind of angling, you know, during the Colorado thing, you know, discussions started to happen about kind of the future of the group in the sense of um, there, there being this point where potentially we're all going to win the gold and it was going to be at Summer Jam uh, 2019. Um, and, oh man, it was just, uh, like the planets had to align and they were aligning for us. It was like being, you know, being, uh, being a quote unquote a prophet and actually your prophecy coming true. Like I've been kind of angling for this, you know, just the opportunity and having a real shot at probably taking them. Um, but we're still, you know, trying to figure it out, we're, you know, still having to do what we need to do. And, you know, one of the failings was we came back late because we were driving through a blizzard. So that was a hit, but we quickly recovered from that. Um, I also was venturing out. RWR was in contact with me and they wanted to, to, to bring me in. And more importantly, they were wanted to bring the group in as GSL. And so for that, and like, you know, I think fearless around that time was also, getting in touch with me and they were also like, Oh, I want a, a variation of, you know, probably I want GSL. So to, to have people that were like, Oh, I kind of want that. Um, or even like the new warriors. I mean, that was an end to hurricane pro, you know, I knew I was going to be coming in there in June. And at first they weren't really keen on the group. They didn't really get it, um, until they saw it. And then, with the new Warriors stuff, I think it just made sense. Jordan was champ, and I was a former champ, and a historic champ there. So, um, but so we had a lot going on around around the summer. Um, I started kind of winning gold, I started kind of the uptick, you know, with, with the momentum of GSL, I started to pick up steam. So we started to, you know, now we're, we're gaining a lot of steam. Um, I had RWR, I was going to be challenging Lou Gotti was this current champion and Sirius Q is this phenomenal performer for the RWR title. And I, I knew when that company at its inception, I was a name that they wanted to bring in. And I, you know, for whatever reason, I'd only done a shot here or there, but here was the opportunity. And like, they're like, man, we want to give you the ball and have you run with it. And not only you, we want the group to also run with it. And so it all kind of looked on the up and up. Um, I'll get into that in a, in a moment, because it all kind of mirrors itself uh, in many ways. Um, I want to say it was, yeah, it was RWR first. Um, and originally it was like the whole group was going to be there. And then I think Gordon 
he he had something and he you know may not be able to make it like it's going to be real it's going to be kind of real close and then i think gregory had something and then as quickly as punk and now greta oxen oxberger as i called her the great one greta oxberger so i could call her go-go but i still call her punkin um she had gotten injured and so her you know her injuries were you know i still wanted her to be part of the group i was like i don't care you know but i knew it had to really weigh on her and really affect her confidence and it really threw a wrench in things because i think the original plan in rwr was gsl was going to clean sweep it we're going to win everything and then okay well we're not going to have both members of the great ones and you find out the day of that like it's only going to be gordon and so you know i think nate andrews had to pull double duty pumpkin i think was originally slated to win the vixens title um in very much the same way that it was won but because she was hurt she just was like i'm not going to be there and i was like you need to be here and you know it just didn't work out the way and i i got it you know um timing just didn't work out we, you know she went to go get gregory and then that that hit a snag and so they those two didn't get there till after the show but the one thing that remained was me winning the heavyweight title i'd beat lugati and mysterious q for it with the help of gsl and uh, it was great to be in the ring with those guys and to feel like I could somewhat hang, even though I didn't feel like that. But at least when I look back at the footage, it felt like I was fairly capable. Um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't get to clean sweep it like I had hoped. But I think a week later we would no take that back. Um, shortly thereafter we would make our debut at hurricane pro as gsl and that was really memorable the fact that we closed the show like i think i wrestled ryan davidson earlier in the night and he beats me and leaves me laying and there's an injury angle so i'm out there laying for a considerable amount of time i'm not going to move plus i'm i am kind of hurt <laughs> um and but, but but at the end of the night, Jordan's defending his title. We come out kind of one by one almost, and we wreck shop, and the GSL era Hurricane Pro is born. Um, it was just memorable to close it out. It's like an, I think it's like a, yeah, it, you know, it's just a great way to close out that that particular event because it was like I'm I'm back and. I'm going to, you know, destroy this place and it's going to start with Jordan kind of deal. And just, uh, you know, the fact that GSL is starting to pick up steam, people are wanting to see that group and uh, it's paying dividends for us to do it, you know. And then for its Summer Jam in July of 2019 for us to win all the gold, basically, you know, tag team, cruiser, heavy. You know, I finally beat Australia, not through, you know, not through any help of GSLs and not with my own hands. You know, it actually, I got a lot of help 
from outside sources, but um, we were finally all the champions. And it was such a memorable moment, you know, for all of us to hoist the gold. And it just really worked. And then a day later, we're debuting at ACW as a group. Because, because Yule, or now the Remedy, is the Yule Tube champion. I've known Yule a long time. You know, his first few matches, of, and I was booking him in place, and I brought him in. He, you know, rode the roads with me and uh, has always been a stand-up guy and one of my closest friends. And he's, like, amongst everyone else within GSL, he's family, but he's true family. And uh, I just love the fact that we, we've gotten to work with each other on so many projects. But... The fact that we were able to be with him also meant that the group had an immediate impact, and we did. We completely, you know, came out and we're like on a different level with it, you know. It's just crazy to think of, you know, how we how we did it, you know. And then to go from that to go to Fearless, and then Fearless, you know, it's the same thing where it's like they're crowning new champions, and it's like we're uh, the great ones are winning tag team gold, and I'm winning uh, heavyweight gold, and it's another place where GSL's looked upon, and we know, oh man, we're gonna go here, and we're gonna go there, and um, you know, we're gonna go do a barbecue in Phoenix, and um, we might be going to the Northeast and, you know, then RWR, we're winning more stuff. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere that we went as GSL, we were pretty, we we're pretty strong as a group. You know, it is something to think about how how well we were doing. Um, and my wife was with me for a lot of it, which is so special for me. The fact that she was on board with it, you know, we're, we're newly married. We've known each other a long time. She hasn't really gotten to see me wrestle a whole lot. And there's been a lot of years where we weren't uh, around each other, but she had seen me kind of in early 2002 and, then to fast forward to 2018, you know, 2019, you know, when she started to really get acclimated to the group and to meet all of them and have a good rapport with most of them. Oh, no, I take it back. She had a rapport, good rapport with all of them. Um, but for her to be a fan of it was paramount. And she was filming stuff, which was also paramount because... Um, it would really start to tie in with where we were going in 2020. But before that, you know, we, I was always a big proponent of big long-term storytelling. And we've been telling this story for almost two years at this point. Um, at All-Star, you know, All-Star was still our home. We, you know, we're always going to be this, big bad group and then once we won all the gold you know we went on kind of kind of a tear and 
we have these protagonists that whether it be Byron or it be Estrella or it be Jason Sullivan or it be you know Nate Slater or it be Edron Stone or whoever you know we we always seem to have this general like you know long these long-term feuds with people and Sullivan was definitely a guy that we had had a feud with for a while and Australia was a guy that I had a feud with for, for the most of the duration of the GSL run, at least, you know, through early, early on. I mean, from Humble Room 25 on, he had been kind of the main thorn of my side. I could never crack that, you know, didn't matter. Even with the gold, couldn't, you know. Um... I think the ultimate sacrifice, that stuff, the build-up to it, and the execution of it um, was truly something. Um, I, I really look back at that particular... There's a video Texas All-Star put out, which was the closing moments of it. There was just so many moments right you know and stuff that was captured on video we you know we're getting a new video guy in there and uh you know again my wife's filming stuff and uh loving watching the stuff and and we're actually having conversations about what we could do with footage and what you know because she was filming a lot of our promo that we would put out um but it's like let's take this a step further and maybe we should do that web series after all you know, in GSL 2020, that would be something, you know, we're going to actually really branch out and try to really put our mark on this business and then join the party kind of idea and the celebration tour, like it all seemed to make sense. And how could we parlay that? And I'm, you know, living in Austin or in the Austin area. And um, you know, how, how do we tackle that? How do we get content? Um but the fact that we were, you know, that ultimate sacrifice, like the storytelling of a lot of that and the prophecy and the words, you know, the just how it all seemed to align. I, I you know, I, I really marvel at it because, again, I go back to God, man, you had told me December of 20, you know. 17 that uh, I'd still be doing it and be successful and this group would be successful again and I'm just blessed and my wife loves it <laughs> um, just such such an amazing time you know we're picking up steam at acw also you know i think darren's starting to see what the group is and hurricane pro is kind of seeing what the group is so i knew 2020 was also going to be kind of a payoff thing but you know the truth is at all-star which was our home promotion for all intents and purposes um where I declared we we're going to 2020 is going to be the celebration tour. You know, some of those lasting images uh, are still giving me goosebumps, you know? Um, 
but just the storytelling, the fact that we pulled it off, you know, we were successful. They tried to throw everything at us, and here we are winning. And we're Thanos at the end of Infinity War. We're sitting down, you know, we're like, we've done it, man. And I think we wanted to have a vehicle that was outside of everybody else that promoted us the way I, you know, we saw it, the way we saw ourselves, probably the way we saw the group, the way we saw the dynamic, the way we, you know, just put out our own stuff in our own voice. And that's where GSL 2020 came about. It, much like everything else, seemingly felt like it wrote itself. We had this big group. Um, unfortunately, we none of us lived in, the, not all of us lived in the same city. Some lived in Houston, some lived in San Antonio, like, some live, you know, a couple couple hours away from where I live, you know, so it's like, how do we do this? And so the idea of if Zoom had been a thing in early, you know, late 2019, early 2020, I think we would have taken full advantage of it. We didn't know the technology as well. And the truth is that, you know, getting us all on the same schedule and there were times, man, you know, my anxiety would get the better of me. I wouldn't It'd be hard to want to talk to people when it wasn't show day. Um, so we had to come up with ideas of how to film con, you know, film content, and then get it out there. You know, like oh, well, let, well, I'll do it like almost kind of via satellite or I mean, like a conference call. And so I started jotting down ideas of where we could go and where we could turn it from being just its standard normal thing to like its own narrative. So maybe then moving forward in 2020, we're just feeding that narrative. We're not worried about anybody else's narrative, you know, within reason, you know, obviously we're going to do business, but at the same time, what, what's impacting our characters has everything to do with what's happening on our web series and very little to do with what's happening outside of it. And it all bleeds together. So I think 2020 was going to be the year of celebration. We we're going to do a celebration tour. We we're going to try to tour a little bit more. Probably go back to Colorado. Like, you know, we had like these short-term plans. Then the idea of like everyone joining the party I thought was a cool concept. And now we have like the NWO-inspired shirts. And, uh, and we start this series my wife is at the forefront she's the goddess of propaganda and she um you know kind of helping me sort through all this and she had shot so much stuff like what is on gsl 2020 the web series is small in comparison to everything else you know i wanted the videos to be like four minutes 20 seconds for a variety of reasons and we would get there here and there. Um, I felt like that was a decent number. Not all the time, you know, and sometimes we, we couldn't get there. But the web series was a exercise also in trying to get everyone on the same page somewhat. And I think that's why the narrative was how it was and we were going to do variants. And we had messed with the gauntlets because I had both gauntlets and I was using them at shows. I'd been using the main one. I had used it at a show here or there, and then, oh, now I have the, the right-handed one. Well, why don't we do something with those, and let, let's break the universe, man. Let's uh, drift into the future. Like, what, GSL's like the Bill and Ted of, of the wrestling industry, and 
they saved it or destroyed it. You know, there's, there's some great wars in 2023 or 2024, and uh, but the ones who saved it or destroyed it are up for debate, but it is probably GSL. And here we have these cosmic gauntlets that are have these powers. And Side note, I have the, the one that snaps now, so um, I'd always thought, man, if we ever got that, it'd take us to a whole different level. But the web series was also uh, necessary for us to get our message across and also be able to put content together. I tried different things like Instagram, you know, each one of us taking a day. I think, you know, since going to Colorado and saying like what they would do, I thought we need to kind of have days for everybody. And that way it's a week of GSL and it becomes GSL all the time kind of deal and just flood, flood it with stuff, but quality stuff. Um, I also thought, man, GSL as a unit in 2020 could probably start running their own shows. You know, I'd seen what heavy metal had done. I knew that I had a good, um, relationship with some companies and maybe potentially cross promoting would be one way or just outright treating it as you bring us in to be the show. Um, you know, as we started 2020, a few things happened for me. Um, my anxiety started to get the better of me in many ways. It started to really impact me, and it started to be kind of an all-encompassing thing, and it would bleed into my week leading up to shows. And I found at shows it was just so hard that I couldn't enjoy it as much as I had hoped. And that might be one of the things I wish had been different at, you know, at the start of 2020. But I had found out, you know, that I had asthma. I had always had a cough here and there, you know, not, not a terrible cough, but, you know, at times, and allergies would play a big number. And I knew anytime I would get sick, walking pneumonia is a possibility. I had bronchitis and some true bad respiratory problems here and there. I always thought just that my wind was bad. So when I got diagnosed, that was, um, it was rough, but it was also um, a relief in many ways because I got to find out, oh, it's not just all me. I need to be have inhalers and this, that, the other. Um, so it was a labor, you know, I, I did feel like it would, it caused me to labor harder than I needed to. You know, at this point, I'm champion at four different promotions, a variety of championships, and um, brought into shows. Now GSL's being brought into shows like the Rumble of the Garden, and um, we've got this web series, and I had kind of mapped out maybe 10 or 15 episodes. And then knowing it'd be a fluid kind of storyline moving forward. But, you know, I think once we cracked the universe or did what we did, you know, the idea is like, how do we fix it? I know in part we probably um, would have gone into some kind of multiverse or, you know, the what ifs versions of ourselves. You know, like what if the group hadn't formed? What if, you know... 
what if one of us became the big star, the group became the big star, or the overall narrative of, like, we either saved the world or we destroyed it, and when we get to 2020, we're going to find out. Much like, you know, Endgame. Because um, I felt that was an easy enough story to tell. Um, I also found out my wife was pregnant. And that was such a blessing. But it also made me kind of want to put things in perspective. I've always said that, if, you know, my wife hadn't been on board with me continuing to wrestle when we got back together or when we, you know, we got together um, in the midst of what I was attempting to do and GSL and whatnot, then it probably would not have happened. I have also often said that, you know, once, you know, once a baby's in the picture, um, I would probably be taking a break. You know, I thought, well, you know, we weren't, we're thinking he's not due till September and that carries me and I just would need to figure out what the exit strategy was. Um, to complicate matters, you know, shortly after getting that great information, you know, that great, that great a bit of news and also, you know, dealing with asthma, but this great news that my wife's pregnant. Um, I wreck my shoulder at a show where I'm not even me when it happens. And what was even more messed up is it was one of the few times where GSL was brought in as baby faces and it's like covered, um, it's covered in episode eight of the web series. Um, yeah, I heard it in a tag match earlier in the night, but before that, like, we came out as GSL, like, to a hero's welcome, because now we can be GSL, as Nate is, uh, is the, you know, baby fate, you know, a hero in that community, so, but, okay, now we can all be heroes, and that was so crazy, though, to see the, 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 you know, roles reverse in some respects, but, you know, that fun was short-lived, I got hurt, bittersweet, we got a lot of footage, though, but, and we got to push the narrative forward, but it's like, man, I didn't get to wrestle as a babyface as, you know, one of that lead guys at GSL. And, but, you know, in many ways, Nate got to be the, the headliner of, of his show, and um, you know, he, he deserved it. Um, so early February, I hurt my shoulder, and... I don't know the full extent of it. You know, x-rays didn't show any structural damage, but we knew there was a tear and I hadn't gotten the MRI yet. And I knew that it was just a matter of time before the arm would truly go. And so those, that last, you know, that month of February is tough. You know, my spirits are definitely down. You know, now it's like, man, I could be looking at taking time before I'm going to take time. And so... 2020, I mean, and maybe even the latter part of 2019, but I know at the beginning of 2020, I was very much about of the idea that we couldn't waste time. We needed to really hit the ground running and get better. And 2020 was going to be the year to do that. And then, so when I heard my shoulder, I, you know, it's like, oh man, we have all of these payoff scenarios, different promotions where we've been a thorn in the side and we're going into the next chapter, we're ending, whatever. And the fact that we didn't really, I don't know, we didn't really get to fully 
you know, I couldn't do it at full strength. Um, sucked, you know, because we had a lot of payoffs. And I felt like I'm a lot, very hampered. I felt hampered by my asthma. I felt hampered just by my body. I felt like it was betraying me. I knew I probably needed a break. Um, but I would have kept pushing. I would have pushed as hard as humanly possible because I really felt like the group had something and could have been something truly special. And I knew that because I'd see the reactions that we would get. Like at ACW where we went from kind of the most hated thing there to kind of beloved in some respects or at All-Star, you know, truly beloved. Uh, you know, we're at that point now, you know, where we're, we have honorary members and their kids. Like one of our honorary members is a kid. You know, this little girl whose family would always come to the shows, were such big, staunch supporters of ours. And I remember us making her an honorary member, giving her a kimono and doing a whole little, you know, in merch, in a merch section. The fact that I was doing merch and meeting with people, like, that was completely new. Um, but I owe it a lot to the guys, you know, that made that a paramount thing. It made me have to, have to you know really appreciate that stuff and the fact that god i think back to that initial december pitch and like oh it's great sex and like we're not having little girls being honorary members of, of that group that's just not happening but gsl great sexy love chanting it people chanting it um acw us you know stuff at hurricane pro um you know fearless i don't think we really got to pay off but we got to pay off the ones that we could pay off. And, you know, when we got to episode nine of the group, um, of, of the web series, you know, like, we didn't have everything. You know, I think if once my wife got pregnant, it was harder for her to travel. Uh, she was a high-risk pregnancy. And so even get, having her be on the road was, was not not good. You know, I'm not going to force her to go, you know, as much as I love having her with me and I truly do love having her around and I need her around. That's how I feel about it. I want my family around, you know, I, you know, I'm in the, I'm living in marital bliss and I truly am experiencing the joys of parenthood. Um, you know, when the pandemic hit, I, I was like, well, we'll see what happens. I need to rest anyway in my shoulder. You know, I'll try to try to get to building it up, but I was in not in any hurry, you know, and I kind of welcomed a lockdown because it took the decisions out of our hands. Um, I do feel like if, if we could have gotten the timing right, we could have probably done a cinematic match, like a join the house party match. I thought that was something, some place with, you know, a house with multiple rooms and, you know, each room has a theme and it's tied to one of the members and the objective is for the person to try to get out or realize that they just want to join the party. Um, you know, the, the, the mission of the group in 2020 was like everyone joined the party. That was our main kind of like our mission. You know, that was our, that was what was driving us was celebration and getting everyone to join it. Um, whether it's buy a shirt, you know, I could have seen like a, a sea of great sexy love shirts 
and everyone's a member in some respects. Um, you know, the music, I think we always went, we went through a variety of choices with music. I, I've always been a fan of Goodbye Horses. I just like, I like that song. And I think it's such a creepy, you know, especially once we started seemingly becoming like this Charles Manson cult-like, family-like, you know, group of killers. So for the most part, that it kind of worked with that aesthetic. Um, the Great Ones theme that we really use at ACW is mainly um, a Don Rickles entrance. I always remember him coming out and, and really overselling it, you know, not overselling, selling it appropriately, but being so over the top with it. And I thought it was such a great, it just would get stuck in your head. I also think I heard that song the first time uh, in the intro of Hooper, which is uh, Burt Reynolds plays a stuntman. I always thought, man, the parallels between that and a wrestler, like if you could do that frame by frame, um, don't think that I'll never do that because I think I might do that by a shot for shot sometime. Anyway, um, yeah, I think the web series probably would have gone somewhere. You know, we talked about like a behind the music, doing that ahead of time. Um, but yeah, you know, I think once the pandemic hit and then as we got into the summer, and my wife's high-risk pregnancy, like I was in no hurry, uh, resting my shoulder, and then Jackson was born, and, you know, my priorities were, again, shifting into the idea of, like, I'd rather just be home. You know, I was in no hurry. And my arm was starting to feel better, but I, it's not like I was training. You know, I've said this before, you know, like September 2021 was the last time I had worked out until recently. Um I often get asked this by, you know, wrestlers and fans and, you know, I still get asked this, you know, like uh, whether it's when am I coming back or would I reform the group or, you know, would there be a, is a reunion possible and, um, you know, it should be. And like, there were like satellite members and, and honorary members and, um, you know, I, I think, in many respects, <laughs> I always thought it would be interesting to look at the associations that the group had with other talent, you know, like great Scott, he had the commission and he, you know, he had his own, you know, stables in, uh, at new Texas. So it's like, well, are they part of this? And in some ways they are, you know, Jeff Gant in many ways is, you know, I know JK pop and I would, you know, us had talked about like potentially them being uh, uh, you know part of the group but in Colorado and I'm, you know I was a little tickled with the idea that people wanted to be part of the group and that we had so many people that were and again I have all these associations with so many people as well that it would just be really interesting to see you know how how many degrees of separation that is and what what that leads to you know, as far as like, I'm still in dad mode, you know, and still in husband mode. Um, do I miss performing? Yeah. But it's not a priority for me. It's not something that 
you know, I look at all this stuff now and I'm, you know, I've, I've kind of made peace if, if it never happens, you know, if I never go back, uh, for what, whatever reason, you know, as my shoulder gets stronger then oh, you know, that's one less thing that's, that's an obstacle, you know, but truly it starts with an invite, you know, someone inviting me, me feeling welcomed, the price being right, the story being right, the situation being right, um, you know, COVID not being, being such a, such a thing that could put my family at risk or myself at risk. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really just starts with an invite. As far as the group goes, I think we'd have to have a conversation. I, I, you know, I've spoken to some of them with the, you know, when I was saying, you're going to let them know because as I started to put out content, you know, the memories of stuff, um, I wanted them, you know, them to know that, like, I'm going to put this out. Um, and it's been good catching up with some of them. Some of them I've maintained contact with throughout all of this, you know, throughout my time away. And um, they're all special to me. You know, every member of GSL, every member that made Great Sexy Love what it is. Um, each member, uh, you know, is in my heart, and I'll always cherish the times that we got to share as GSL. You know, the locker room stuff, the, the road trips, the, you know, the locker room chats, the everything I, I that run I think truly one of the more memorable runs for me and truly a just a magical time you know I, I'm so uh, uh, ecstatic that my wife got to be part of it um, I think that's also something where where it would have gone uh, I probably would have played more to my wife or at least hinted that I'm familiar with who who's on the other side of the camera. You know, she doesn't want the spotlight, but I felt that would have been a way as like interacting with her. And I thought that's another way of interacting with the audience because that's who's going to view this. Um, and I had ideas for how we could have continued the series. And I still have ideas for how we could have continued it. You know, truth about reunions or reformations is it's not totally up to me. You know, again, it's like, if there's a situation that arises and would I love to see those people, of course, you know, I have nothing but, but positive things to say about all of them. Um, but again, it's a conversation, you know, if we, if, if it ever came about, it definitely would be a conversation. Um, I also want to thank anyone who wanted to be part of it. You know, anyone who got it early on, I appreciate that, you know, those that are fans still to this day and say GSL for life, you don't know how much it truly means to me, but it means a lot. Um, to all of our opponents, you know, anyone that shared the ring with us and whether we were on the winning side or losing side, like it was a true honor and privilege to share the ring with all of them. And they really helped shape the narrative of it, you know, from the new warriors to 
you know, Steve-O and, and, you know, a lot of those, those guys within ACW or anyone that I faced at Fearless or, you know, anyone I faced at RWR, the promoters, you know, the ones who brought me in and brought GSL in, whether they got it early on or in time they got it, um, they always will have a, a special place for me. You know, the fact is that um, when it started, I really wasn't sure how long it would go. I had, in my mind, it would be over come April 2018 and I would ride off into the sunset. And then we performed together and I didn't want it to end. And there are times where I really wish it was still going on. I can only imagine what we as a group would do in certain places. Can only imagine what we we would be accomplishing right now in the in this climate. I wish every single member the best of luck um, and continued success and safe travels and all the love in the world. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, talking about this stuff. It's uh, you know definitely. Um, been something, you know, looking back a lot of this stuff, you know, the playlist and everything, kind of looking back at a lot of these videos brought back a lot of great memories. Um, before I go, I want to say, you know, thanks to uh, McConley Graphics, Jonathan McConley, uh, for making the logo for uh, this thing I call life, my podcast, I guess. I'd say I guess, but um, yeah, um, I'm glad I had the logo. I'm glad I was able to finally pay him for it. You know, pay your graphics people, pay the people that do services like that. Um, I don't know how deep I'll go with whatever the next topic is. I've got a couple of ideas. I'm working on a couple of things. Um... But I have some ideas of where I want to go. There, you know, it's funny, you know, sometimes you look at anniversaries and go, man, around that time, this this time, you know, and, you know, on this year, I've got a few places I want to go. I'm, I'm also thinking like, you know, I just talked about a period of my life. Why don't I talk about other groups that I was a part of? So I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to go, but I probably will put out something sooner rather than later. So, um, until the next time, I hope to see you guys on down the road.